This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. Today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Mason and myself, Josh, versus Benchwarmer Marcus and returning player and equipment manager for our Patreon team, Andy Barry. And our host for this game is member of the five-timer club and assistant coach of our Patreon team, Byron Grubman. Welcome back to the bench, gentlemen. Andy, why don't you take a minute and remind us about yourself? I am Andy Barry. I'm from, I live in New Haven, Connecticut, originally from uh, northeast suburbs of Chicago. Um, spent a decade in Milwaukee. I'm a mechanical engineer. I root for the Cubs and Bears and tangentially sometimes Blackhawks and the Bulls. But right now I'm really pulling for Milwaukee. I've seen them uh, a lot in real life and I hope they uh, keep, keep, this, keep it up against the Suns. And Brian, everybody's familiar with you, but just, you know, uh, tell us something new about yourself. Um, I mean, I'm excited for football season. I ref football and, um, you know, I'm hoping to get cleared pretty soon by the doctor after recovering from back surgery to get back on the field. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all that's new with me. You don't really need to know my, my teams and my wheelhouses since I'm not answering any questions today. So, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Marcus. Why don't you let us know how you're doing, and you can tell us what yours and Andy's team name is going to be. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, just uh, it's nice not having to suffer through a heat wave anymore. So it's uh, just nice and you know regular weather now for finally. So that's nice. Um, and you know we were talking before the show, and um, I don't have a horse in this race because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't have a team oh. up here. Oh, so. Um, but I do have both a Bucks and a Suns jersey, and I'm currently wearing my Monte Ellis Bucks jersey. Wouldn't mind if they won. So Andy and I are going to be Buck Yeah today. Right, Buck Yeah. I'm doing all right. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. I got to sleep in this morning, and that's always nice. Um, had some donuts for breakfast and uh, having beer for lunch, so we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mason, let us know how you're doing, and you can share what our team name is going to be. Uh, I'm doing well. This is actually the first recording in my new apartment, so that's nice finally getting that situated, everything set up here. Um, our team name is based on something that just happened this morning. Uh, Dan sent to us a new audio drop. Uh, he has a mind palace, and apparently I have a brain bayou. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember how that got started, but apparently did. And uh also, the fact that I'm also drinking uh, a soda that's made in Louisiana from Punch Tula Strawberries, which I found from the store this morning. So our team name is going to be Ballin' in the Brain Bayou. Nice. Okay, so we got Buck Yeah versus Ballin' in the Brain Bayou, and this is the time. Uh, well, actually, first, let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated 
to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Now is in fact the time that I kick it over to Byron, who is now in control of the game. All right, so start us off with the tailgate. This one is original college edition. So these are all college football players. I just need you to name the college they started their NCAA career at. Number one, Cam Newton. All right, we can check in. Buck, yeah, has checked in. Josh and Mason, talk it out. I'm pretty sure this is Florida. If I remember correctly, he got kicked off for stealing a laptop, I think. And then he went to community college and then... Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, ale- Allegedly. Yeah, I, um, I'm cool with that. You were you were quick on the trigger there, so yeah. I think he was a uh, I think he was Tebow's backup for a year, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then he he was gonna be in contention, but then all that stuff happened. I don't know where he went to community college, some random school in Alabama, I think. But um, we'll go ahead and check in with Florida. And um, Buck, yeah, what, what did you guys check in with? Uh, we checked in the same thing, Florida. Uh, both teams receiving points. He did go to Florida. He then transferred to Blinn College, uh, just outside of College Station, Texas in Brenham. Uh, so both teams on the board. Question number two is J.J. Watt. We are checked in. Buck, yeah, it's checked in. Uh, balling in the brain by you. You can talk it out. So my first thought was Central Michigan. I don't know why that came up in my head. I knew it was some like Mac school because he's from that area, but I'm trying to think if it's one of those other ones. That's the, like I said, that was the first thing that came in my head. Yeah, he's from Wisconsin, but um, and obviously he finished at Wisconsin. Yeah, um, I mean, a Michigan school would make sense that they would maybe be recruiting somebody, you know, from over there. If you have an inkling of Central Michigan, I say we go with it. Yeah, I'm. I think he was only there. For, if I'm thinking right, I think he was only there for like a year or so, and then transferred right away because he was pretty good. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and check him with Central Michigan. All right, and Buck, yeah. He's actually from Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and I used to live in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is right next door. Um, his family is well known around there. Um, I can always mix up which of the Michigans. There's Eastern, Western, Central Michigan. Um, but we settled on Central, Central Michigan. And both teams getting points. He went to Central Michigan for his freshman year. They had him play tight end. He caught eight passes for 77 yards, and they wanted to move him to offensive tackle. So he went to Wisconsin to play defense. Smart move. And number three is Troy Aikman. We can check in. Buck yeah, has checked in. Mason and Josh, talk it out. I didn't know he went anywhere else. That, that's sort of been my thought on these last two. So, uh, hmm. Let me, let me think. Where is he from? Like, originally from? Because maybe that might help us. I thought he was a California guy, but I'm not. I thought he was too. I'm not exactly sure, but I thought that's. So maybe it's another California school, like a smaller California school, and then maybe, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I like I said, I didn't know he went anywhere else. I don't have much of anything on this, so we can just pick a random small California school and hope for the best. You can pick one if you want. I really don't have anything, so uh, I guess we'll check in with. Let's go with uh, which one is Sa- is Santa Barbara the Banana Slugs? Uh, I think so. They, I think they they might be. All right, so we're gonna no, they're not the banana. Which ones are the banana slugs? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is the banana slug. Oh, Santa Cruz. Sorry, we're gonna check in with UC Santa Cruz then, because I like the banana slugs. All right, checking in with uh, Vincent Vega's favorite school from Pulp Fiction, uh, the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. Uh, what about Buck? Yeah, what'd you guys go with? 
Um, I had this because I've, you know, I do enjoy the football life documentaries on the NFL network and I remember watching it and I believe Troy Aikman started as a freshman for Oklahoma and then he got hurt. Um, and then Jamal Holloway took over and led them to a national championship and that's what led him to transfer. So we are checking in with Oklahoma. One team getting points. He did start at Oklahoma. The other factor was they ran the triple option and he was more of a drop back passer. So uh, he went to my beloved UCLA Bruins. So after the tailgate, uh, we have the following scores. Uh, Ballin in the Bayou is 20 and Buck Yaz taking a little lead with 30. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmerstp. Thanks. All right, now on to the first quarter, which is going to be odd one out. The odd one out. For this quarter, there will be five categorized questions containing lists of six items. The teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one is going to be 2005 Major League Baseball draft top five selections. Choices are Ryan Braun, Justin Upton, Ricky Romero, Jeff Clement, Alex Gordon, and Ryan Zimmerman. We're going to check in. Buck, yeah, has checked in. Josh and Nathan, talk it out. So I'm thinking Upton was the first overall pick because I just remember looking at number one picks. He's the only one that feels right for that. Yep. I think you're right. I think just from obviously looking at these kind of lists as well, I, I think Gordon Brown and Zimmerman were all top fives, but so that leaves us with what Romero and Clement Clement. That's the one I hadn't heard of. I've never heard of him. So I haven't, I have no idea about his draft position. Well, uh, you know, so if we're down to those two, you know, our, the old school way of thinking of it was if it was somebody you haven't heard of, they're probably in it. <laughs> so we, we're going to assume Jeff Clement is a top five pick and go with Romero. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't have anything else. So if you want to, you want to go that way and, and go with Ricky Romero. Sure. Sure. All right. We're going to check in with Ricky Romero. All right. And Buck. Yeah. So I, I really like Major League Baseball drafts, especially right around this time. Um, and I know in the early, mid-2000s, the Bucks were always drafting, not the Bucks, the Brewers were always drafting, you know, five, six, seven, eight. There was like Prince Fielder, Ricky Weeks, Ryan Braun. I couldn't remember if Ryan Braun was one of the five, six, or seven. Um, I'm pretty sure he was fifth. I know Justin Upton was one, Gordon was two, Clement was three. So I was between Romero and Braun. Um, Went with Romero. Okay, both teams getting points. We had, you actually you pretty much nailed the, the order. Justin Upton was one, Alex Gordon was two, Jeff Clement was three, Ryan Zimmerman was four, Ryan Braun was five. And another guy that I have a um, few stories about, Ricky Romero was number six. Um, excuse me, when we address Jeff Clement, 
we address him as Seattle Mariners legend Jeff Clement. <laughs> oh, he's a Seattle guy. He was a Cub too, wasn't he? Uh, who cares? He was terrible. Um, <laughs> he was a catcher. Uh, he was uh, a pirate too. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of those guys. Like, ooh, he's a real safe, real safe pick. You know, low, you know, high, high floor, you know, that type of guy. And he was never good ever. All right. Question number two, Cincinnati Bengals, top five passing touchdown leaders. Choices are Andy Dalton, John Kitna, Carson Palmer, Boomer Esiason, Jeff Blake, and Ken Anderson. We'll check in. Is that Buck yeah, checking in? Yes, sir. All right, the uh, the brain by you can talk it out. Yeah, so where you're thinking that Dalton, Esiason, Anderson, and probably Palmer are definitely there. So we're kind of down to Kitten and Blake. Yeah, I was just trying to think of who was there longer of those two. I mean, I just had a question about Jeff Blake in the last episode, and he played for seven teams in 14 years, but I think eight of them were with Cincinnati. And he was, I think for the most part, he was their starter for that run. Um, I'm trying to remember how long Kitna was there. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, I don't, I don't think he was there that long. I don't think he had that long of a run. So I would actually lean Kitna as the odd one out out of this bunch. Yeah. That's, that's why I asked how long he was there. Cause I, th- I thought it was going to be a shorter time than Blake just from, when I'd remembered. So I'm fine with Kitna. Okay. We're going to check in with John Kitna. All right. And Buck, yeah. Um, we had a very similar conversation. Uh, Andy threw out that he knew Dalton was first, and I agreed. Bears legend, Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Starting quarterback for the Bears for some reason, Andy Dalton. Uh, and then Ken and Boomer for sure. Um, Palmer gave me some pause because he lost the year because of the ACL, but. I think he's up there. And then we were down between Kitna and Jeff Blake. And I just, Jeff Blake played there for a lot longer than Kitna. And we thought that Kitna's most successful years were in Detroit. So we also checked in with Central Washington University legend, John Kitna. So in the first spot, you got Andy Dalton with 204. Then you got Ken Anderson with 197. Then number three is Boomer Esiason with 187. Carson Palmer comes in fourth at 154. In fifth place with 93 is Jeff Blake, who only played one year longer than John Kitna, but has almost twice as many touchdowns. Wow. Uh, since Kitna has 59. So both teams getting points. All right. Question number three. New Orleans Pelicans, top five all-time scoring leaders. And these records do not date back to Charlotte. So for as long as they've been in New Orleans, that's how long that the records date back. So we got um, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, David West, and Drew Holiday. We're going to check in. Hey, Ballin' in the Brain Bayou has checked in. Fuck yeah, talk it out. We haven't made a ton of progress here. No, no. Because we spent a lot of time talking. We basically spent this entire time talking about Drew Holiday. Because for some reason, we both thought he got traded to New Orleans like recently, but then we can't think of anybody besides Philly that he was on before that. So then we're like, okay, maybe we're making that up. And maybe he's been there. He was there the whole time. 
But then we think about Gordon and Davis, and they were both hurt a lot. I think Gordon was there long enough where he's probably on this list. I don't know. I, for some reason, I just don't think Drew Holiday was there that long. And I, I thought he sat out a year when his wife was, I don't know if he was sick or injured or something. I think she had brain cancer or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I just, I, I would feel so much better about Holiday if I knew uh, of another team in between Philly. Cause if not, then he's been on the Pel, he was on the Pelicans for like, it would be something like six plus years. For some reason, maybe it's just my head. I'm picturing him in orange, but I don't think he was on the Knicks or the Suns, was he? Um, no, no. Then I don't know. I don't know. Do you, I, I, I feel like the more we've talked about this, I don't think it's Drew Holiday. Okay. So, I don't know. If, if you're, you, you don't want to do Holiday, then I, I'll say let's go with Gordon. Okay. Let's do it. We'll check in with uh, Gordon. All right. And balling in the brain by you. What'd you guys have? Um, so, right off the bat, AD is number one, and I don't think it's even close. Like, he was putting up like 28 points a game for a consistent time. He was drafted in 2012. Um, so he's been there for quite a while. I mean, he had injury concerns and obviously, but he, when he played, he was dominant. Um, West and Paul are definitely top five holiday played there for about what, seven, eight years. He didn't go anywhere after Philly went straight to new Orleans and then, you know, got traded recently. Um, and so we were between Anderson and Gordon and both of them were there about the same amount of time, like five ish years. Um, and Josh meant, asked me if Gordon had injury issues. And I remembered early on when he was traded in the Chris Paul trade that he was injured for a good bit of those first couple of years. Um, Ryan Anderson, I didn't really remember much about how often he scored. Um, cause it's kind of forgettable. Um, but based on the injury concerns, uh, we went with Eric Gordon. Yeah. It looks like both teams are getting points. Oh, wow. The list goes. Anthony Davis, number one with a bullet, with 11,059 points. David West with 8,690. Chris Paul with 7,936. Drew Holiday, who played, I think, seven seasons um, in New Orleans, with 7,321. And then a steep drop-off to number five at Ryan Anderson with 3,702. Eric Gordon in sixth with uh, 3,390. Good job, guys. On to number four, we're looking for the L.A. Dodgers top five most home runs allowed by pitchers, and these extend back to Brooklyn. Your choices are Clayton Kershaw, Don Drysdale, Sandy Koufax, Carl Erskine, Johnny Padres, and Don Sutton. You, you just want to check in with that? Sure. All right, we're checked in. Fuck yeah, it's checked in. Brain by you. Talk it out. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm thinking right, Padres is like a 40s, 50s pitcher. That sounds right. I think he might have been with Koufax at some point, maybe early on in Koufax's career. They might have been together. Okay. Erskine, I've never heard of. It very well could be someone around the same time because those Dodgers teams were really good at that time. Sutton pitched forever. So he yeah. has to be, he just, just due to pitching for like 20 some years, he like has to be on that. I, I would think so too. 
Um, I would think so too. I mean, you bring up a good point that Kershaw doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think how long Kershaw has been there because I'm thinking this is going to be more of a longevity one than anything else. Because I don't know how long some of these guys pitch for the the Brooklyn LA Dodgers. Like I think Koufax's career was surprisingly short considering how dominant he was. Yeah, I think he's like ten ish years. Because I mean, he yeah he was in the Hall of Fame really young, like in his mid thirties he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So he I think he pitched like ten ish years, maybe a little bit longer, but not not much more. Yeah, my only leaning was that I just don't think Kershaw gives up that many home runs, but I don't have anything great on any of the others as far as like nailing them down. I'd be fine going with Kershaw. I'm fine with Kershaw as well. Just simply what I know about watching him. Yeah. (laughs) He's the only one I've watched out of these six. So (laughs) he might be the only one who's pitched since you've been alive. Yes, that that very well could be true. (laughs) Um, I don't have anything better, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, go with it. All right, we'll check in Clayton Kershaw. And Buck, yeah. So we didn't have a lot to go on, just like these guys. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to think through it, and I, I really got it really pretty quickly down to two, down to Koufax and Kershaw. And I, I know Koufax's career was relatively short. It wasn't as short as people think. It was like 12 years. But I know Kershaw's been at least – I think he debuted in 08. Um, so I've just given him an extra few years. I'm saying maybe he had a couple more home runs given up. It was more of a juice ball era now than it was when Colfax was pitching. So we checked in with Sandy Colfax. All right. And one team getting points. We'll go through the list. Don Sutton is number one with 309. Don Drysdale, number two with 280. Johnny Padres, number three with 211. Number four, Sandy Colfax with 204. Number five is Carl Erskine with 199. And just shy of that is Clayton Kershaw with 194. Wow. Ooh. Clayton Kershaw is your answer. Nice job, guys. That was, I, that, I thought that was a fun one because Koufax does have a, a notably shorter career than most Hall of Famers with 12 years. On to number five. I'm looking for the starting lineup for the San Antonio Spurs in the 2003 NBA Finals Game 1. Your options are... Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Steven Jackson, Malik Rose, Bruce Bowen, and David Robinson. We'll check in. All right. Buck, yeah, you may talk it out. Oh, man. I'm, I'm pretty sure Robinson's on this list. I think he retired right after this. Okay. Uh, so I'm pretty sure he was starting. Um, Duncan, obviously, yes. I think I remember Bowen being there. Oh, he's my my brain's playing tricks on yeah well i feel like he was always starting because he's like their you know their their three and d defensive stopper he's always guarding the best guy agreed um so i feel like he is and to me jackson and rose are the exact same player that's why i don't i think parker is the starter because he's the only point guard okay rose rose and jackson and bowen for that matter are all like those two three body types you know mm-hmm. um so I'm between Jackson and Rose. If you're okay with it, I think you just go with Jackson. Yeah, I'm good with it. I feel good enough, I guess. Sure. So we'll check in with uh, Stephen Jackson. All right. And the brain by you, what do you guys got? We uh, we had a similar type of discussion. Obviously, we were pretty sure that uh, Duncan and Robinson were power forward and center on that team. Um, 
Parker, the only one who can handle a lot of this bunch. So um, him right away. Bruce Bowen, absolutely starting small forward. He, like you said, he was there. Whatever, whoever the best shooter was or best player was, you know, he was stuck to him like glue. Uh, so also came down to Rose and Jackson. I remember Malik Rose being more of a forward, even maybe leaning power forward. Um, so I didn't think he was necessarily at a two. So I went with the assumption that Jackson was the shooting guard for the starting rotation and that Rose was coming off the bench. So as a three, four kind of guy, not a, not a two, three, four. So we checked in with um, Malik Rose. All right. So one team getting points. You had Tony Parker starting at the one. You had Steven Jackson starting at the two. Bruce Bowen at the three. Duncan at the four. David Robinson at the five. And second off the bench behind Manu Ginobili was Malik Rose. All right. Well, after the first quarter, uh, we have a lead change. Um, Buck Yeah is at 90. And Ballin' in the Brain Bayou has 120. All right. And we are on to the second quarter, which is going to be a missing link. The missing link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question one of The Missing Link. Which Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, widely considered to be the best hitting catcher of all time, was selected to the 1997 all-time team? And should we go with, should we check in with the... Yeah, I can't think of, I, that's the best I got, so... Yep. Okay, we're going to check in. All right, Ballin' in the Brain Bayou is checked in. Buck, yeah, go ahead and talk it out. Well, we both said Johnny Bench immediately, and then we're trying to think of other names that could be um, also in the... I'm having a brain fart, because there's an all-time great catcher. I just cannot remember his name. Um, and I always mix him up with Johnny Bench in my head, because they were before I was alive. Um... But I, I really can't come with it. Johnny Bench is great. I, I don't know if we have anything better. I mean, whenever I think of catchers, he's the first, like, all-time catchers. He's the first name that pops up in my mind. And I know he was, you know, the big red machine. He was the, you know, the linchpin. So, I mean, if if you can't come up with that other name, then. Yeah, uh, let's just, just check in with uh, Johnny Bench. All right. And balling in the brain by you. What would you guys come up with? Uh, kind of the same thing. We both are pretty quick with the Johnny bench. And then we're like, could this be anybody else? And like I said, Piazza, but then that would have been like right in the middle of his career, maybe even a little bit towards the front end of his career. Yeah. Um, I just thought of Carlton Fisk. I don't know if that's who that, you were thinking of Andy Barry. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. He, as you were saying it, I was just like, who else could it be? Oh, but that, but I don't think he would be anywhere near considered a widely considered greater than Johnny bench. So we, yeah. Also, in the end, said Johnny Bench. So the runner-up, um, as voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of America, was Yogi Berra, 
mm-hmm. finishing second to Johnny Bench, who was right. selected as the catcher for that team. Both Mason, teams getting points. Mason did mention mention Barra in our yeah. discussions. <laughs> Same here when he said, "What's the other guy?" and I said, "Barra," and he said, "No, the other other one." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your theme linked answer so far is Johnny Bench. Don't totally know this. Cool. I totally got it. Question number two. Which NBA player, 2016's most improved player, has his number three retired by his alma mater in large part for leading them to their first ever NCAA Division I tournament victory over number two seed Duke? We're going to check in. All right. Buck, yeah, has checked in. Ballin' in the brain by you. Talk it out. So I went through the upset route because Duke was upset by a 15 seed Lehigh and the only Lehigh player I can name from that time is CJ McCollum, who has, he has one most improved. Yeah. That would have been the time when so I'm assuming it was that year. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, if, because he was the, the main impetus for them winning, I could definitely see his number being retired by Lehigh. So we'll check in CJ McCollum. And Buck. Yeah. What did you come up with? Uh, yeah. Um, I felt pretty confident um, based on, I, I went, started at the front and went 2016 most improved and the number three, I'm pretty sure he wears number three now um, for Portland. So that led me also to check in with CJ McCollum. And both teams getting points. Um, Yeah. He took the Lehigh mountain Hawks and beat uh, the Duke blue devils. I can't remember which year it was 2012 or 2013, but that was one of, I think two, Two fifteen losses for Duke. I think Mercer was the other one a few years later. But yeah, CJ McCollum is your answer. And so far, the missing link themed answers are Johnny Bench and CJ McCollum. Question number three. Which recently departed Hall of Famer and former two-time NL Manager of the Year is almost as famous for his off-the-cuff rants including one infamous rant about Kurt Bavacqua and Joe Lefebvre. I'm about to give you $10, Josh. <laughs> That's awesome. Those sound like, those sound like names I would come up with if I slammed my hand on the keyboard. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to check in. Fuck yeah, it's checked in. Brain by you. Go ahead and talk it out. Um, obviously, uh, Mason was going to throw a double who at you for Kurt Bavacqua and Joe Lefebvre. Um, so then we're trying to come up with uh, recently departed and Mason was like Lasorda, um, I think died, you know, this year. And he definitely was, he definitely had off, you know, off the cuff rants. <laughs> um, I don't think that Bavacqua and Lefebvre played for the Dodgers, but I think they both played for the Padres in the early eighties. So he easily could have been making a, making some crack at them from an, you know, opposing division uh, rival. So uh, we're checking in with Tommy Lasorda. And Buck, yeah. Uh, Same thing. We, uh, two-time National League Manager of the Year, outspoken, recently passed. I, all I had was timely sword. I don't know those other guys. That's a double who for me. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, so both teams getting points. Um, they did play for the Padres. There was a, um, 
discrepancy about one of Lasorda's pitchers maybe throwing at Joe Lafave, and they, you know, criticized him as the manager in the newspaper, and he told, let another reporter what he thought about both, you know, Kerbovacle who said the quote and Joe Lafave. Uh, I'll put the the clip in the in the chat if you guys want to listen to it your own <laughs> on your own time. But yeah, it's a very good rant. Um, but yeah, the answer is Tommy Lasorda. We have theme linked answers of Johnny Bench, CJ McCollum, and Tommy Lasorda. Question number four. Which NASCAR driver who has the best nickname since something or other won the 2018 Cup Series Championship after never qualifying in the pole position and only winning one race in the course of the regular season? Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on. <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah, Confirm. That's it. Go ahead. Check go in. Ahead. <laughs> All right. The, the brain bayou has checked in. Fuck yeah. Go ahead and talk it out. I don't know anything about NASCAR. I know recently Kyle Busch is one. Joey Logano's one. I don't know when. Um, Joey Logano feels like a good answer. I got nothing better. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know any of their nicknames. I know one nickname, and he gone. So, uh, yeah, I'm good with Joey Logano. That's fine. <laughs> um, and falling in the brain by you, what'd you guys come up with? Um, well, I got this a couple of different ways. One is what we're working off for the theme, and two, I know from this, there's a clue in here, the best nickname since something or other, because his nickname is Sliced Bread. That's Joey Logano. Oh. Absolutely correct. Both teams getting points. His nickname is Sliced Bread, and he drives a very tastefully numbered number 22 car. So our theme-linked answers are Johnny Bench, CJ McCollum, Tommy Lasorda, and Joey Logano. Question five. Which Dutch shortstop had the unfortunate task of manning that position in pinstripes as Derek Jeter's successor in 2015? We can check in. All right. The brain by you has checked in. Fuck yeah. Talk it out. I know this name and it's just not coming to me. Uh, they, Is it D.D. Gregorius? That's the one. Thank you. Yes, that's 100% correct. Okay. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to check in with DD Gregorius. And the brain body. What'd you guys come up with? I only know one Dutch shortstop and it fit the theme. So we checked in with DD Gregorius. I didn't know Both he was Dutch. getting points. Yeah. And not even from the like Dutch Antilles. He's legitimately from Holland. Um, yeah. DD Gregorius is the correct answer. Both teams getting points. So our theme-linked answers are Johnny Bench, C.J. McCollum, Tommy Lasorda, Joey Logano, and Didi Gregorius. I've gotten two correct theme-linked answers, mm-hmm. one after question three and one after question five. Uh, the team that checked in after three questions was Ballin' in the Brain Bayou, and Mason messaged me the, the theme link. How'd you come up with that, Mason? Well, I was looking at Johnny and CJ, and I was uh, the first thing I asked Josh after that was like, "Is there a group that has Johnny and CJ?" And neither one of us could figure it out. And as I was coming with Tommy Lasorda, I'm like, "Wait a minute! I remember that for some reason there's a a 
Johnny Ramone and a CJ Ramone. I was like, I don't exactly remember Tommy, but and I was thinking about, you know, possibilities for the other ones. That's actually how we got the last two, because we went from the, the other Ramones that we could name with. But uh, so we checked in with they're all members of the Ramones. And that is the correct answer. You got um, Johnny Ramone, the original guitar player, CJ, uh, who was a replacement bass player. Tommy Ramone was the original drummer. Joey Ramone, obviously the, uh, the very famous lead singer. And Dee Dee Ramone, the original bass player uh, of the Ramones. So good job, guys. Okay. After the second quarter, we have the following scores. Uh, Buck Yeah is up to 240 points. Uh, but Ballin' in the Brain Bayou um, has a little bit bigger lead now because they, or we got the uh, theme first. We are up to 320. So still only 80 point difference. So it's not, it's not out of the realm of uh, coming back. So, All right. That brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Uh, this is going to be a Let's Remember Some Guys edition. Uh, if right. you guys are familiar with the old Deadspin and current Defector website, they have a penchant for remembering somewhat obscure athletes in all sports. And so that'll be kind of what this will be themed around. Josh is we'll as we go. <laughs> oh, I, I foresee a lot of who's coming. Oh no! I got my mug Great. ready to go. Let's, let's give it a shot. Question one: What is the name of Jake Taylor's dim replacement in Major League Two? Okay. Sure. Yes. Yes. We're checked right. in. You guys checking in? Okay. The uh, Bucky has checked in. Brain by you. Go ahead and talk it out. Josh, talk it out. <laughs> You haven't seen this one? Nope. And Neither worry, one of them. Don't don't so. worry about it. After after Major League, you don't really have to see. I, mean, I guess maybe okay. watch two. Don't watch three. Don't oh. don't don't. No matter what Marcus tells you, even if he says watch three, don't. No, watch no, absolutely no. don't watch three. <laughs> no, it's, it's pure no. trash. There you go. Pure no, trash. It's not good. Two is okay. Two is all right. Two's fine. Get, yeah. I oh my god, it's it's there, and I totally see the actor's face. Like yeah. He's got a real distinct. It's a tough face um, to forget. Um, a dim face. He's got that just that look about him. He is dim. That's a well. Like, oh my god. And as soon as they say it, I'm sure I'll remember. But I, I, I got nothing, Mason. Um, I. Okay. Guess a last name. Pick, pick one. I. I <laughs> I got Why are you asking me to pick? I haven't it's, seen the movie. This is just oh, I don't have any names for any of the non-first year the from major leagues. I don't have any names of any of the ones who came in. Um, I, I I don't know. Pick a good baseball last name. <laughs> All right. Well, we have Taylor. That's a generic-ish last name so maybe this is another generic-ish last name um i don't know the problem with that that's what the tom berenger's character his last name is taylor so i don't think his backup would have also been taylor it wasn't no i'm just saying like it's just another generic-ish last name like not so just pick one that isn't taylor because it wouldn't have been because jake taylor is the main character okay it's another good baseball name Sure. Yeah, I just got nothing. 
Odd Smith. I don't know. Sure. I have not. We well, have we have some chances there. So sure. we'll check in with Smith. All right. All right. And Buck, yeah, what'd you guys come up with? So this is how I remembered it. And Josh, you he has one of those faces. It's kind of kind of silly looking. He almost kind of looks like a maybe a, a rube. Son of a we checked in with rube. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll give that. I'll give credit for that answer. The That's, answer is yeah. Rube Baker. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest Rube. patch of grass these kids have ever seen in their lives. He had that with the tongue with his mouth open. Like oh yeah. Couldn't throw to second or couldn't throw back to the pitcher. Had to recite yeah. Playboy uh descriptions. And it seems like it seems like every role this guy ever did, he played just kind of a oh oh like, uh Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah he it's yep. it he was typecast. Yeah, it's for a big, reason. dumb guy. <laughs> dumb white guy. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, there was a reason I put rude. that first. That he is a prototypical prototypical guy, like capital G guy. You, you know, you may remember him if he was on your favorite team, but nobody else really kind of knows, you know, who he is. All right. Question number two. In Champ Kind's introduction in Anchorman, when they're at the party and they're doing, you know, all the the news team guys, which former Padres catcher of that era and four-time World Series champ with his other two teams does Champ Kind mention by name? I've seen this movie so many times and I'm just trying to run through. So, so many. And I'm laughing to myself because I'm just reciting reciting champ lines in my head. (laughs) This movie is the only reason I know this person's name. That's... That's all I can give you. So that's the best special I got. All right, we'll check in. All right. Ballin' in the Brain Bayou has checked in. Fuck yeah. Go ahead and talk it out. Man, this is killing me. I'm just, I'm just going through this. I got down to Gene. because Gene, someone, he, he hits a home run, right? Whammy. Like, uh... Yeah, he says Gene. And so we're like trying to like piece it together and sound it out. And he said Trace. I think it starts with a T, and then you said tense. And is it Gene ten, Tennis? Ten, 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 it's so, tennis? You said tense or tennis. What do you like better? Because I that sounds right to me. Gene Tennis Whammy? That sound, I like tennis. I, maybe it's spelled differently than, than the sport. But um. <laughs> Oh, I have no idea how it's spelled. But once you said tense, I was like, ooh, that sounds close. Yeah, let, I got. Uh, I'm not going to get any better. I'm, you pick. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you want? To... We're gonna go with Gene Tennis. We'll check in with. And balling in the brain body. What'd you guys come up with? So I didn't get it from the movie. I was getting it going the route of Padres catcher won World Series. Um, and this guy definitely won some World Series before he went to the Padres. He won with the A's. Uh, I don't know who he got his last one or two uh, with, but uh, it is, I do believe, in fact, Gene Tennis. And it is not spelled like the sport. No. Like 10 Ace. Gene Tennis. <laughs> Here's the intro in full. He goes, Champ here. I'm all about having fun. You know, start a fire in someone's kitchen. Maybe go to SeaWorld, take my pants off. Anyway, I've become kind of famous for my signature catchphrase. Whammy! Like Gene Tennis at the plate and whammy! 
So both oh, teams getting points. Oh my gosh. That is, that is crazy. <laughs> I, I would have said, even if you had checked in with tense, I, I think that you probably should Yeah, have. if you had Gene and a T, if you asked me close to it, you would have gotten but credit for you, it. But you actually That's, said again, the right name. Yeah. I got it from that won. and not from the rest of it. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. Well, like in the chat, he, I just said, if you throw out a name, I might be able to place it. Like, you know, just hearing it, like once you say it. And then he said, Gene. And I'm like saying it over and over in my head. And then he said, Tense. And I'm like, that sounds right. Let's, it's, yeah. Wow. It's, that's, I, uh, I have a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> granted, I was alive for much of his career, not all of it, but, and uh, I've looked at a bajillion sports cards, like, from my dad's that he had. And then when I started collecting in the early eighties, so I definitely have uh, looked at Gene tennis playing and, cards. So and I was a freshman yeah. in so, college in 2004. So we watched this movie a billion times in the dorms. So <laughs> yeah, he, he won his world series, uh, 1972 to 74 with Oakland. Okay, and so. then with 19 in, with St. Louis in 1982, oh, okay. uh, he was also a coach for both of Toronto's, um, World Series teams. Hmm. So we have oh, six yeah. World Series. I rings. do remember that. All right. Question number three. Aside from Reggie Jackson, who is decidedly not a guy, name two of the three former professional athletes who make credit appearances in the Bench Warmers. Another movie I have seen multiple well, then, times. Then this is you because okay. even though I'm on a podcast with the same name. I have never seen this movie, nor do I plan to. Okay, I have one, maybe. He's in it, but I don't, I think. Um, do you want to go with that? I yeah, think. let's just okay. go. I, I got nothing else. All right, we're going to check in. All right, Buck, yeah, has checked in. Fallen in the brain by you. Go ahead and talk it out. Well, I have one. And I remember the scene. They're playing poker. Terry Crews is there. But I, I think there's somebody else in that same scene. And I cannot. I don't think I don't think any of the athletes play themselves. I think they, they're all playing different people. But they're playing poker. And I think there's another athlete there. But I cannot think of who it is. It might all three be there, honestly, because there's, there's like four or five people at the table. That's the only one I have for sure. I don't have any. I'm trying to think because I've looked up like cameo, like who've been in different things a bajillion times. <laughs> when, you're, <laughs> when you're looking for halftime questions. Yes. Like so I've. Yep. Who's been um, nothing is nothing is hitting me in the right spot for this. So. Um, you just guess another random baseball player. So I feel like there's going to be another baseball player in this movie. But. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I can know. see a bunch of people in the movie, but none of them, as far as I know, are professional athletes. Like I said, I have never seen it, and I'm not. Nothing's jumping at me right now. For from those looking at those cameo lists, I, uh, it's all you want me to come up with a baseball. Sure, you asked me to do one. I think I think we have to return the favor. <laughs> well, the uh, Rube's last name is Baker. We could, get, we hey, could get, maybe there's another was dusty we have vin baker dusty baker <laughs> vin baker we got a couple <laughs> bakers it could be i got nothing okay we can go with uh we can go with that then maybe dusty baker makes an appearance in this but uh we'll check in with terry cruz and 
Baker. And Buck, yeah, what did you guys come up with? Well, this was a, a dual effort. Um, I knew immediately from watching this movie that Sean Salisbury is in this movie. Um, who used to be on ESPN and what's his, you know, I think he played, what did he, didn't he play for Minnesota, Josh? Sean he did. Salisbury? He did. Yeah. He's definitely in that movie. And then Andy came with Terry Crews and he said, Does you think that counts? You know, <laughs> but he did play professionally. So we did go with that. And then after the fact, we were both racking our brains for the third one. And I believe the third one is Bill Romanowski, but we have checked in officially with Sean Salisbury and Terry Crews. So one team getting points. It, it is indeed Terry Crews. He is in that poker scene, Mason. Um, but yeah, Sean Salisbury and Bill Romanowski are the other two. No baseball <laughs> nice. players, aside from Reggie Jackson, made uh, credit appearances. Wouldn't have been able to. Even, you Meadows could have gave me a thousand athletes. I would wouldn't have come up with. I wouldn't have come up with. I, I mean, in so, hindsight, Romanowski makes sense because he's kind of a knucklehead, and uh, <laughs> so. But I wouldn't have ever come up with him as. Hey, I bet he was in a movie. He's also in the longest yard. Yeah, you wouldn't have come up with Sean Salisbury. <laughs> no, not with, not with having that. If I had seen the movie, I maybe would have remembered. Remember, when, yeah. when oh my god, why is Sean Salisbury in this? Right, exactly. <laughs> he was. He didn't even play for the Vikings much. Why is he in a movie? Three years. He was there for three years. He was there. He Present. played a little bit. He was alive. <laughs> he held a clipboard. A warm body. With the best of them. I think we found today's clipboard. Sunshine <laughs> 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 <John's> house. <right? laughs> yeah, if you didn't have one already. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have one already, go with it. <sighs> Yikes. Right, number four. Ugh. In the movie Van Wilder, which former Clipper, Blazer, Celtic, Grizzly, and Cavalier appears on the screen alongside Quentin Richardson, Lamar Odom, and Michael Oluwakambi. This is painful because I asked a question about this. I'm trying to. I'm pretty sure. Okay, we're going to check in. All right, Buck, yeah, has checked in. Fallen uh, in the brain by you. Go ahead and talk it out. Oh, man. I asked a question about this, but it was the other way around. I mentioned the players. Yeah. Um, asked for the movie. Oh. Was it Darius Miles? Yes. I think and that's, he's. And that's just from you asking that question. He's, so. he, he, I think he talks about like hanging out with the girls from the other team or something. There's like a line that he delivers and that something to do with that. I don't yeah. remember if he played for all those teams or not, but I know he moved around a lot. I think that, but that's the name that pumps, a couple of jumps them. to mind from your question. That was that's the name it. That... I think that I think it is Darius miles that right. I can see his face in it. So yeah, I'll go with it. Check it in, check in Darius miles. And Buck. Yeah. What did you guys come up with? Yep. Uh, loved those Clippers teams. Uh, loved those Clippers teams. So, uh, yeah, we also checked in with Darius Miles. And Michael. both teams are getting points. It is Darius Miles. Michael. Lord. Another prototypical guy. Yeah. Uh, Corey Maggette, Sonic's well, could have been Sonic's legend, Corey Maggette, and then they <laughs> traded him on the day of the draft, you know, like a bunch of idiots. All right. Question number five in halftime. Which former English Premier League midfielder, 
hung up his cleats to become an imposing staple of Guy Ritchie movies and action films in the late 90s and early 2000s, appearing most notably in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Oh, of course. All right. Yep. Go for it. We're checking in. So here's the thing. I I think Jace, Jason Statham was in both, but I, I know he was a diver. He was a diver, yep. But did he also play soccer? <laughs> In the EPL, I have I, no idea. Oh, I mean, he, he obviously was, was a, a he obviously was a legit athlete, right? If he was a diver, like a national representing type diver, and when Marcus was like, "Oh, how did I not know that?" It has to be a name that, like, is somebody. Oh, but Jason Statham's not just a guy. Well, <laughs> that is, is true. These that, are these are just guys. I don't think Jason Statham would qualify. Guys just refers refers to their athletic stature or their athletic status. So, okay. So, if they became a fam- world famous actor, otherwise, I mean, Terry Crews is world famous now. But that is like true. Guys. Yeah. Okay. That's he's fair. That's just, fair. He's not. That's fair. So that's fair. I just want to clarify that to help okay. you know to aid your decision making okay. process. That's that's the only route I can come to it. I don't remember hearing that he played in the EPL, but he very well could have for a short amount of time. I mean, I'm sure. I have no other names that I could even remotely give you. Is he in both of those movies? He is in both of those movies. I'm almost certain. Okay, then that's enough for me. We're going to check in with Jason Statham. All right. And Buck, yeah, what did you guys come up with? So I was, for some reason, I was just on this guy's Wikipedia page a few weeks ago. I don't know why. Um, but I did learn that he grew up with Jason Statham. Mm. Um, his name is Vinny Jones. Nope. If you see his face. One team getting points. Again, Google his Google image him. His name is Vinny Jones. Um, Second. Standing five foot ten, I wouldn't exactly call Jason Statham imposing. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, wouldn't mess, with, I wouldn't do, mess yeah. with that dude. And I'm 6'3". Even if he's 5'10", I, he's imposing. <laughs> okay, so I looked this guy up. He's a face. This guy doesn't have a name. This guy doesn't have a name. He has a face, though. This guy You've is seen like him the other in, guy. In a this ton is like of the things. first guy, Rube. I don't even know what that actor's name is. Yet, but he's like he him. He has 184 EPL appearances and 13 goals, so he's got... <laughs> he's uh, a guy. Good for him. Uh, he's a face in a if you in a handful or two of movies. That's all this guy is. <laughs> but see, yes, I, I know, recognize see, his yeah. face. Yeah, and like that's what yeah. I know about Vinnie Jones is it's always like, oh, you know Vinnie Jones. He used to play, you know, in the EPL. Mm-hmm. And then when he said Vinnie Jones, I was like, oh, duh. No, I, like the, the other one, one would have been out. Gordon Ramsay because Gordon Ramsay <laughs> played. I think he played EPL. I know he played yeah, lower division. He definitely played soccer. soccer, but. Um, so yeah, I like that little tidbit about Vinnie Jones. Now he, you know, cracks skulls on the screen. <laughs> uh, well, uh, um, score yeah. pick. Cool. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, I the like game. <laughs> the game has gotten. I'm still. That's that guy doesn't have a name. <laughs> Just a face. <laughs> He's a face in a lot of British, like thug movies he is you're right condemned with stone cold steve austin are you serious what a great movie all right well hey the game is really uh tightened up now after halftime uh buck yeah is up to 340 
and Ballin' in the Brain Bayou holding on to a slight lead at 360. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. On to the third quarter, which is going to be David versus Goliath, International Sports Edition. Oh, Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Uh. (laughs) We'll take all the David's picks. (laughs) Yeah. Let's try to get all the David's. Yikes. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of five pairs of questions. One easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Question one is golf. David, which, which PGA champion, and by that I mean the winner of the PGA uh, championship tournament, comes up last alphabetically by last name? And Goliath, which U.S. Open champion comes up last alphabetically by last name? We're going to check in. All right. The Brain Bayou has checked in. Buck yeah. Talk it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods' all, name is pretty late in the alphabet. It's pretty late. Um, I think uh, I think for David, that's a fair guess it's a fair david answer i think so yeah um goliath i i've i've i take pride in the advancements that i've made in knowing about golfers and golf in general but just naming names of guys who could have won the u.s open and thinking about like oh whose name alphabetically i just can't get there i don't i don't feel comfortable with anything else and these go back a hundred years or so or whatever like i don't Unless it's not, if it's not Tiger Woods, then I got nothing. All right. So you, do we want to check in with the David of Tiger yeah. Woods? Okay. Yep. That's so we're doing. Checking in David, Tiger Woods. And balling in the brain by you. What did you guys come up with? So a long time ago, I wrote a question. How low can you go about 1984? And I mentioned this golfer in it. I couldn't remember which one he won, but I think he won the 84 US Open. And his name as Josh said, would be very hard to beat. Um, we checked in with Fuzzy Zoller for the Goliath. What? Fuzzy Ooh. Zoller. So there's Zeller. a reason I didn't men- there's a reason I didn't mention his other major victory, which was the Masters, because he got into kind of a stink with Tiger Woods about the Masters champion dinner. Both teams getting points. The PGA championship is Tiger Woods and the US Open is Fuzzy Zeller. Whew. Never in a million years would I've gotten to that name. That was, only because I wrote the that Goliath question. part is why I didn't put the Masters in there because um, he did have a notable thing about hey he's gonna have fried chicken and collard greens. Yep. Oh, dinner. that's that's oh, right. That was I him. That. Oh, that was yeah. That was Fuzzy oh, yeah. Zeller. Okay. But his, his, his only other major victory was that '84 U.S. Open. So we can put him in a bucket with like Ray Carruth and. Oh.
Other, yeah, piece, oh, yeah. other noted pieces of shit. He, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Now I remember him from the Tiger Woods. He's a jerk like many no. golfers. Yeah. Question number two is going to be about boxing. David, accomplishing the feat in 2003, which former American boxer and boxing commentator is the only person to start his career as a junior middleweight and win a heavyweight world title? And the Goliath. Name either the opponent this boxer defeated or the sanctioning body's belt this boxer won in the heavyweight division. Hmm. This would have been a good wall in question. Yeah. Oh, he'd he'd probably have checked in already. I'm fine with going with that. <laughs> if you want to go it. with let's do it. I, I mean, I got that's the only one I could think that is we're we're gonna check in, guys. You guys can talk. <laughs> There's not much Fuck yeah, it's checked in. Brain by you, go ahead and talk it out. The only name that's coming to mind that could work for the David possibly because it's if it's a name we know there's not a whole lot. That's where I asked if Roy Jones Jr. did win a heavyweight title. Um, I mean, maybe I couldn't definitively tell you. I mean, he definitely was. Uh, he was a he. He definitely boxed in the lower weight classes um, before, and I don't know where he ended up. I I know that when he did that. Uh, uh, sort of exhibition with Tyson. He's he's a big dude now. Ray Jones Jr. is yeah, not a small. <laughs> he is not a small dude. He's he's a big dude. So he easily could have. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm fine with going with that because I we're, don't have anything for going. We're gonna check in David with Roy Jones Jr. And Buck, yeah. Okay, so I used to watch a lot of boxing, especially in high school. I'm, I'm I, first of all, I was very I was pretty confident with Roy Jones Jr. off the top for David. Um, I just know he's a commentator. I know he started off little and he got big. Um, but I, this is 2003. This is when I was in high school and my buddies and I used to get fights. And I think I don't remember his first name, but I'm pretty sure he beat Ruiz for the heavyweight title. So we're checking in with Goliath and Ruiz. So the answer to David was Roy Jones Jr. He started off as a um, junior middleweight worked his way up to become a heavyweight champion on March 1st, 2003, defeating John Ruiz for the WBA heavyweight title. Ooh. Both teams getting their points. Uh, that is all Andy. I tried to throw him off. I was like, what about Bernard Hopkins? I remember he was a big deal and, you know, with the fight night video games and stuff. And man, he was for a play. while the oldest champion at like 42 years old, um, but never got up to heavyweight. Nice pull, Andy. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. impressive. Well done. Yeah, keep keep everything in like the 2000, 2005 range, like <laughs> like with halftime. Like you're right, you're right in my form. Hang on, let me see what I can do. Let's go back to eighties golf. Seventies <laughs> uh, and eighties baseball. Eighties racist golf. You mean? Let me let me see what I can do. Can I accommodate Wait. all these requests? Wait, Marcus, just, sorry, Marcus, sorry. missing link. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it's the, you're just being yeah. Yeah, redundant just there. It's, yeah, just it's just golf. 80s golf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right. All right. So, question number three is going to be Formula One. David, which current driver holds the record for most Formula One race victories of all time? Goliath. What is the name of this driver's longer, longest tenured teammate? Uh, we're going to check in. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Ballin' in the Brain Bayou has checked in. Fuck yeah. What do you guys... Or Go ahead and talk it out. 
Okay, well, David's obviously Lewis Hamilton. I've been watching this show, like I said, for a day and a half. Uh, my fiance's out of town, so I'm just watching. She doesn't like to watch it, so it's really loud. Sign of a true, strong <laughs> relationship. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is a guy that he's teammates with on the show, but I mean, they don't feature them. I'm only in the first season, so I don't know if Lewis gets featured like later in the show, but I know it's his, I'm pretty sure it's his teammate now. They're on Team Mercedes. I think it starts with a B. I'm trying to remember because they show this chart with their positions like through the show when you're watching the race. It's like Bodice, 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 Bot. Alcazar? I think it's Bot. He's somewhere from Scandinavian. It's something something weird. I, I trust you, man. Just go for it. Screw it. All right. Like, okay, let's, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're good. See, here we go. Marcus okay, teammate. We're going to check in with a uh, Bodice for the Goliath. And Ballin in the Brain by you? Yeah, it's his current teammate um, from Finland, Voltari Botas. And both teams are getting their points. Woo! From 2017 to present, uh, Valtteri Botas is Lewis Hamilton is the David, obviously. Um, but yeah, Valtteri Botas is his Finnish teammate. And make sure to mention that to Dan because I know he makes comments about Finnish guys always having K's in their name. But this guy has zero K's. That, that is true. Check his middle name. Quota to me. They don't care how you do it. Uh, Victor with a K. So yes. <laughs> Victor oh, with a K. He's got one. They're allowed to stay. <laughs> he can keep his citizenship. That's awesome. All right. Question number four is going to be about the Olympics. David. Who is the most ma- decorated male U.S. Olympian of all time? Goliath. Name four of the five events that make up the modern pentathlon. Whichever four you want to go with. If, sure. you, if you're good about all five of those, then uh, yeah, we'll, we'll check in. All right, Ballin' in the Brain by you has checked in. Fuck yeah, go ahead and talk it out. I know these are some of the silly events. And I just don't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started naming off decathlon <laughs> events, and then I read the question, and I went, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I believe we have shooting, swimming, fencing are definitely a part of it, like you said, silly. And then I think, and I th- Mason helped me out a little bit with uh, his, uh, do we need to be specific? Because I think it, there's just running is one of them. Ooh. I think it's just running. Yeah. So I think we're going to check in with shooting, swimming, fencing, running. Mm-hmm. All right. And falling in the brain by you. What'd you guys got? I almost asked a similar question in my last game. So I did look this up and then I decided I couldn't come up with the way I wanted to word it. So I didn't use it, but I'll give you the four we're going to check in with and I'll give you the fifth. So we're checking in with fencing, show jumping, um, and then the one that they do is a combo, cross-country running, and pistol shooting. And then the last one is a freestyle swim. But we checked in with fencing, show jumping, pistol shooting, and cross-country running. Both teams are getting points. Uh, Obviously, the David is Michael Phelps. Yeah. Uh, The Goliath, the answers are fencing, specifically epe fencing. Swimming is a 200-meter freestyle. Equestrian show jumping, which evidently consists of 15 jumps. And combined 
distance running, which is 3,200 meters, and pistol shooting. So kind of like <laughs> the summer Olympic version of the biathlon. All right. Uh, so both teams getting points. Good job, guys. Nice thank you for Martin. asking a question that I just researched like a week and a half ago. You know, I, I aim to please. Yeah, that's a weird back that's to- a weird combo. I, I always love watching oh, so- it because it's so weird. Like I'm like, yes. <laughs> what are we- this is they- so weird. Love it. It was designed for modern combat. It's so it's, you know, these are all combat type and war type uh, events. And so they've changed over the years, but that's what they've settled on, I think since like the seventies have been these five events. How how much swimming is there in modern? You don't know, you get dropped off on a beach or something? I I wanna say they cut like wrestling out like at some point. And there's not a lot of horse riding in modern combat either, so. (laughs) That's That's true. true. Maybe they should have left wrestling in and cut out horse combat. And it, it's been it's been up for elimination like six times, and they've kept it every time, like the modern pentathlon. Well, it's, so it's, it's silly. such it's a weird one. one. Legacy events. Yeah, it's a weird one, but let's uh, let's go with it. Hey, kind of like rhythmic those, gymnastics. Good for those people. I mean, in the end, when they say <laughs> modern, I, I, if they're speaking exactly. like with you know, the modern Olympics, we're talking the late eighteen hundreds. We just <laughs> solved battles and so wars. Horse, with fencing. Horses were used in <laughs> combat back then. <laughs> all right question number five is going to be about soccer so we're getting a little more familiar Uh, we are Are, are are you're leaving more familiar there's a type of jones so so number five david which soccer player has won the most ballon d'or trophies number five goliath which soccer player was the most recent single named soccer player to win the Ballon d'Or. I think we're going to check in. All right. Buck yeah has checked in. Balling in the brain by you. Go ahead and talk it out. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm almost certain that David is messy. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, like I said, I've, I've been looking at this list somewhat recently and I think he's won six. I think, but that uh, seems about right. And you said Ronaldinho, which I think he's the second most recent of the single named. And I had never heard this name before once on our podcast, I think. And then looking at this list, I do believe the Goliath is uh, Kaka or Kaka or however you want to pronounce. <laughs> I'm watching Marcus try to hold in last year. I don't know how he pronounces it, but I think that I think he is the most recent Bellandor single name. So if you want to go, if you want to trust me on that. Hey, that's a name I wouldn't come up with. So okay. go so for we're, it. We're going to check in Goliath with Kaka. All right. And Buck, yeah, what do you guys got? Okay. So honestly, for the David, I could not remember if it was Messi or Ronaldo. Um, but I do remember, I have looked at this list before. And I remember in mid-late 2000s, some guy, the funny name, won it. And I remember it because it was funny his name was kaka from brazil i think so we checked in with kaka all right and both teams are getting their points for the life <laughs> um messi was the the david he's the one six okay and in 2007 kaka won for ac milan now there ha- and i knew that i was limiting by country since you know mostly brazilian guys go by the single name however Ronaldo has won it. 
Ronaldinho has won it. And I think there's one other, um, Rivaldo has won it for Brazil. So there are a few to choose from. Now I'm just imagining him with Kaká and a question mark on his jersey. <laughs> Kaká? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a uh, well done both teams. Um, Andy oh. carrying me on his back like Luke and I'm Yoda. Josh uh, carrying me for most of it. <laughs> Answer you will. 220 points apiece were earned. Each got one David and four Goliaths. So pretty impressive to everybody. Well done. So that brings our scores after the third quarter. Um, It won't be a big surprise since I just told you we each got the same (laughs) score. Uh, Buck Yaz at 560 and Bowling in the Brain Bayou keeping their 20-point lead at 580. And that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. All right, here are the the fourth quarter categories. Question one is going to be the Ramones, which is going to be about baseball. Question two is going to be Dead Kennedys which is going to be about 1960s sports. Question three is going to be the Dropkick Murphys, which will be about sports brawls. Question four will be the Offspring, also about baseball. And question five will be no FX about sports broadcasting. I like your taste in music. Thank you. Question one of the fourth quarter in the category of the Ramones. Ramon Martinez is the less heralded Martinez brother compared to his Hall of Fame brother, Pedro. On which two teams did they play together in the major league? We'll, we're checking in. All right. Buck, yeah, has checked in. Ballin' in the brain by you. Go ahead and talk it out. Because that's the thing. I think most of his career, I think Ramon pitched for the Dodgers. And then he went to the Red Sox. I'm pretty sure the Red Sox is one of the spots. And- Was he anywhere else? I don't remember. So the question to me is, was Pedro, did he play for the Dodgers at all before going to the Expos? Like before he became Pedro? I don't know that right offhand. But That would be basically saying, did he start his career? In, right. Most likely in LA. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Like I, don't I, know, I, know, sure. I know him as like becoming a phenom in Montreal. Right, and then going on right. to Boston, and so where did he, where did Martin Pedro go after Boston? Oh, where did he go after Boston? Um, I know he went somewhere else. I just couldn't, because I mean, it very well could be somewhere they both went after, but I don't know the time frame for Ramon Martinez's career. I think he's. So that's kind of, I think he was in the league before Pedro. I think he's okay. Little, okay. So I think the Red Sox stint would have been towards the end of Ramon's career. Okay. So probably not wherever Pedro went next. He probably probably not. So okay, that would then lead. I mean, Red Sox and Dodgers. Then that, that's the best guess I have for those ones. So I I don't know for sure on the Pedro in L.A. But but I know Ramon pitched like ten years there. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine with that. All right, we're gonna check in with the Red Sox and the Dodgers for 100 points. And Buck, yeah, what did you guys come up with? So Ramon Martinez 
played most of his career in, uh, for the Dodgers. He followed, or they met up in Boston. I do remember that it was like in the late nineties. Um, Pedro went to the Mets after the Red Sox, but Pedro was originally signed and started his career with the Dodgers, where his brother already was. So it, what, he checked in with the Dodgers and the Red Sox for sixty. Sixty and both. Yep, yes. and both teams are getting their points. They played together on the Dodgers, 92 and 93. And then again on the Red Sox, uh, 99 and 2000. I believe we have a scoring change. Since um, different yep. d- different wagers. The uh, current score after the first question, uh, Ballin and the Bayou has extended their lead a little bit. They're at 680 and Buck yeah is at 620. All right. Question number two in the category of dead Kennedys. Who is the only player to lead the NCAA, ABA, and NBA in scoring average for a single season? So we're looking for points per game, not total points. Yeah, I'm fine with that group. I mean, the, the one that we both okay. kind of leaning towards. Yep. All right. We'll check in. Fuck yeah. You guys can talk it out. I don't really know 60s basketball. I read Bill Simmons' basketball book years ago. But that's about all I got from there. I suggested my uncle Rick is what I call him because Rick Barry. He's the only <laughs> that family. That's why, I was, that's why I was laughing so hard. <laughs> he said my uncle Rick, and I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And then I put it together. <sighs> like for me, the first thing that pops into my head is Pete Maravich because definitely led the NCAA, and he definitely led in the NBA at some point. But I don't think he played in the ABA. I don't think he ever did. No. Yeah, I don't think so. There's some, but that, but to me, I guess I kind of put him and Rick Barry in the same boat. Like, why would Rick Barry have played in the ABA? There was, I and I don't know this story, but something in the back of my head said he had like a like a contract dispute early in his career, and he just left the NBA. But I, I don't have you know what thunder on that. Spoiler alert, not going to matter much for us, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go with you. Let's check in with Rick Barry. Well, Uncle Rick. Uncle Rick. We're checking in with Uncle Rick. <laughs> White boy Rick. I was on it for, for how many points? Zero. For zero points. Which is why I was surprised it took you that long. <laughs> you just want to get the answer right. Uh, for pride more than anything else. Falling in the, in the brain by what did you guys come up with? Um, so I sent some names of ABA guys that I remembered. Um, the list was Dr. J. Guys. Yeah. Artist Gilmore, Rick Barry, Spencer Haywood. I had a couple other ones, but I figured they weren't going to be leading the NBA. Out of that group, we liked Rick Barry the most. So that's what we checked in with for 100 points. And one team getting points. <laughs> uh, the father of a slam dunk champion and a terrible terrible color guy rick barry led the ncaa in the 1964 and 65 season the nba in the 66 67 season and the aba in the 68 69 and then 70 through 72 seasons marcus we surprised you a bit with that so. wager <laughs> no no you didn't surprise me with the wager i just yeah no so Not both surprising. teams were correct one team got points Trust me, all our wagers make me nervous. 
I just did. I I mean, I definitely didn't think you were gonna Eric it and go 100 across the board, which it kind of seems like. If you you said that, it makes me think that you did. No, no, we didn't go 100. We did. I promise you, we didn't. All right, we're not Eric, and he does it confidently. By the way, he does it confidently. We we were we were not confident with our wager. So, question number three in the category of Dropkick Murphys. On June 5th, 1999, the LA Dodgers were hosting the Anaheim Angels and a brawl broke out that involved a literal dropkick. Please identify one of the two main players involved in that brawl. We're checked in. Buck yeah has checked in. The uh, brain by you. You guys can talk it out. I feel like I've seen it. I just can't. I couldn't place either, either name. Oh, my God. So I'm assuming this happens like most brawls where it's a pitcher and a batter just yes. going at it. So, yes. so we have to name either a Dodger or Angel pitcher or batter, which I think pitcher might be easier to do, but any pugnacious Dodger or Angel pitchers from the, the late 90s? I'm not saying this out of uh, uh, a, um, a stereotype, but I do believe the guy who did the drop kicking is Asian. I think he was the batter, and he came out and did a drop kick. And uh, you know what team? I think it was the Dodgers. Okay, so a Dodgers batter. Does one of the guys' names happen to be Murphy? Do you think there's a clue okay. with the? I, I don't think so. All right. Okay. I I think I might have it. Okay. I don't think it. So it was a batter, but I think he's a pitcher. I think it was Chan Ho Park. Because it was at the Dodgers, so they would have been the pitchers would have been hitting. And that's a name. I, 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 I the more I've thought about that. now, I think I think I remember him coming out and doing a drop kick. And obviously, yeah, I think it's Chan Ho Park. Okay, so we're gonna check in with Chan Ho Park for a hundred. And Buck, yeah, what did you guys come up with? Yeah, Chan Ho Park was the the batter, and he drop kick. I can't remember the other. The other guy's name on the Angels, but it was Shano Park. Good job, Josh. We checked in for 100. Making history early in the year for a different, I won't say better or worse reason, but that was in April. He gave up his two home runs or his two grand slams in the same inning to Fernando Tatis. But Shano Park was the kicker. Uh, Tim Belcher was the kick E. Yeah. The flavor text that I wrote down was Park bunted and Belcher tagged him out. Some words were exchanged and then they went at it. The announcer notes that Belcher had knocked down Randy Velarde a couple times prior to that incident, which may have been the reason for the outburst. It's a very innocuous clip until you get to the alternate angles because you just see him tag him and he kind of wraps him up just to like, you know, avoid any collisions or anything. And he tag, and then all of a sudden the camera cuts back to those two and you see Park just go horizontal and try to kick his ass (laughs) question number four category of the offspring there is only one father-son duo in the history of the majors to finish their careers with exactly the same amount of home runs after leading their respective league and homers who were they need both first names all right we're gonna check in fuck yeah has checked in fallen in the brain bayou you may talk it out yeah i mean the the ones that led with the leading the league, that was the partner that led me to Cecil and Prince Fielder. I, I can't think of others who 
would have fit that. I don't know if they hit the exact same amount, but they were both, you know, home run hitters would have hit 300 plus both of them. You know, I don't, I can't think of anyone else, any other pairs that, that do that for me other than field. Right. Like we were, we went through a bunch of others that definitely don't fit all that criteria. So should we go with that? Should we go with Cecil and Prince? Yep, I'm good with that. All right, we're checking in with Cecil and Prince Fielder for 100 points. And Buck, yeah, what did you guys come up with? All right, I had this right away, but be fun to hopefully you guys talk yourselves out of it. But it's 100% Cecil and Prince Fielder. There's, I think it's 320 or 319 total home runs. I know it. Uh, we wagered 100, and we did not wager enough this last round, so I'm annoyed. But good job, guys. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Cecil and Prince Fielder, they both finished their careers with 319 home runs. Cecil or Cecil led the AL in 1990 and 1991, and Prince led the NL in 2007. Yeah, just I, I couldn't grasp on any others that would have led leagues. Bob and Brett Boone, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> How close are we going into question five? Oh well, it's the the same difference. Well, it's at we're at nine eighty eight twenty, so that's what that we're at. Okay. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean it's out of grasp. So let's sure. not let's not, not assume a runaway. it nope. is not a is not a runaway, and it it could change on this question. And question number five, the last question of the day, in the category of no FX, what is the proper name of the now ubiquitous box? on a sports broadcast that shows the score, game clock, inning, etc. And in what year did it make its debut in the USA? All right, we'll check in. All right, Buck has checked in. Ballin' in the brain by you. You can talk it out. I'm working on the name. And the only reason I have, think I have an idea is because there's this video about the graphics over the years. is like NFL graphics over the years, and it showed like how it changed for each network kind of thing. Okay. And I'm trying to remember what it was called, what they called the, the thing. I have no idea about the year. That's I'm thinking for the year, just because of sports that I remember watching. I'm thinking eighties or nineties, but I mean, it very well could be earlier than that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the year and I'm, I'm guessing this doesn't include like when they were, when they had some like NBA games in the eighties where they just had like the clock running and maybe the score, this sounds like it's the one where it's like the, the full more, thing, the full thing. And I think that's more of a nineties thing. Correct. The, the clock on the display doesn't count. It's just when they had the fully contained. Thing. Like where yeah. it's, it's where it's its own whole border Correct. basically stable yeah. on the, the yeah. corner or bottom or whatever of the broadcast. Yep, yep, yeah, because yep, they'd yep. always flash like the score every once in a while, like the clock or you yeah. know. But it wasn't a constant thing, right? So that's why and I think it's a '90s thing. But I'm I think it's a '90s thing too, because I'm thinking of like NFL broadcasts on like CBS that I've seen. Those like the '90s, they had the it was just like black and white in the corner. Box board bar. I, mean, I don't bar. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Yeah, I'll just pick one of those and we'll go with a year. And like I said, hope, hope for the best because I'd. Well, it, I, I, it can't it can't be box right because he had box in the question. Right, that'd be very weird. But so. the problem is score is also in the question. <laughs> so, well, I mean that shows the score in the oh, game like yeah. that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, and, or maybe it is score box. I don't know. 
I'm, I'd be fine with it because I'm not, I'm not which year do you want it. Which year do you want to pick? 94, 95? I don't think it matters. I think we're, I can't I imagine mean, score box yeah, is going to be yeah. right. I mean, we can go, I feel like it would be earlier rather than later, but I, I don't. I don't so, know if we can go 94 maybe. All right. So we're going to check in with score box 1994. And Buck, yeah, what did you guys come up with? Probably going to steal your flavor text on this, Byron, if you have any. But I, I know right away, I, I follow like, I don't know if you guys are aware of Uniwatch. It's a website where they look at uniforms and things like that. But they talk about this quite a bit here and there. And I know for a fact it's called a score bug. And the reason why we started using it in the United States is because this newfangled sport came over. We had to figure out how to um, capitalize on ad revenue because there wasn't very many commercials during the World Cup with the United States hosted it for the first time in 1994. So they figured out how to put advertising in it at the World Cup in 94. The score bug. For one, uh, 39 points. Doesn't matter. <laughs> one team is getting their points. It is called a score bug. And yes, I got it from both the awful announcing and the Uniwan, you know, websites and Twitter feeds. Uh, and it was introduced during the 1994 World Cup. You deserve the win with that. Knowing that, you deserve the win. You just had to put more points on it. Tell me nervous we there. Gotta, we got to gamble here, man. We just didn't gamble enough. Ugh. All right, the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Buck Yeah finishes with 859 points, and our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Sean Salisbury Award, with 899 points is Ballin in the Brain Bayou. I feel, I do, I feel bad. I feel like we didn't, we didn't really uh, earn this victory, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Mason, uh, what are your thoughts on our... Uh... I was nervous <laughs> down to the very last second on that because we had a lot on the last question and they seemed very confident so yeah yeah it was it was a good game i enjoyed it there were some tough questions in there but fair ones Mm -hmm. um but yeah i I definitely enjoyed it and well done to everybody it was a close game down to the wire yeah byron great game thanks uh thanks for coming on and uh hosting today it definitely takes a little off our plate which uh, we, we enjoy so other listeners uh you know if you're interested in hosting a game feel free to let us know Marcus, Andy, um, anything you guys want to share? Feels dirty. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Andy was an awesome partner. We definitely picked each other up in these r- weird spots that one of us didn't seem to have anything. The other one seemed to seem to have the answer. And when it comes down to just wagering, that hurts the most. Yeah. Because we did exactly what we were supposed to do to win the game, and it, and that zero hurt us. And then on, on sports broadcasting, we were figuring out our wagers. I was like, how about a weird number, like something weird? And I was like, nah, maybe like 39. Who who cares? You know, whatever. We don't feel confident on it. And then the But it's really the zero. The zero is the one that it's like, oh, man. Should have bet a little bit more, but no, it was a good game. It was a fun game. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was a good time. You, you just, we're all competitive in, in some respects. So when you, when you lose the way, this way, it hurts a little bit more. Yeah, Byron, it was a awesome, it like, 
this might be one of my wheelhouse games. Like no hockey, awesome. A lot of your stuff was like early mid two thousands, right? Like I, you made me look smarter than I was, but then we still we just didn't wager enough. Like we should, we were on a roll, um, not getting the the link, the theme link um, first. That was really different, I think, if we do the math right there. And uh, congratulations, guys! It was great. Thanks for having me on again. It's awesome, and um, look forward to watching uh, Game Five tonight. Um, hopefully, yeah, Bucks pull it out. But although I am kind of either team wins, it's cool because both cities deserve it. So, uh, but thanks again. You guys are great. Always want to listen. And Marcus, we got to do this again. We got to gamble better. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be more aggressive next time. We'll make it, we'll make sure that we we're able to team up again and and finish the job. Sounds great. Byron, you got anything you'd like to to share before we call it a day? No, I had a great time. I really like writing games. One of the things I noticed while I was writing this is like, oh, you know, I get into a habit of writing similar questions about, you know, similar teams or leagues or whatever. So I tried to really space it out with this one. And I was really pleased that it got a lot of long deliberations, but also a lot of correct answers. Like, so it wasn't, you know, ungettable, but it was challenging. That made me feel pretty good. So it, it was a lot of fun, as always, with you guys. I uh, love coming on here. But, yeah, it was just, you know, good time hosting, and it's always nice to be the one answering the questions and delivering the uh, the, the pain as opposed to having to, to sort out the answers. That typically is my favorite seat, where, where <laughs> I know the answer is going in. So, um, And Andy and Byron, thank you both very much for being Patreon supporters. We can't uh, tell you enough how appreciative we are of that. Um, and to all our other Patreon supporters, thank you very much. And all our listeners, just in general, thank you for listening to this. Um, uh, we enjoy it, and we're glad that some of you enjoy it too. And maybe some of you hate listen, and that's okay too. <laughs> Whatever brings if, you to the If podcast. you hate listen, thank you, but fuck you. <laughs> downloads are downloads, man. Was that a, a fuck or a fuck? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And correct. Fuck you. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP. I'm Dan Lundberg. I like plain hot dogs like a psychopath. I want a dome dog. Hey. Just plain, no bun. <laughs> what? All in one bite. <laughs> okay, I missed, I must have missed this. I haven't listened to the, that episode yet. He talks about eating it plain. The, the, yes, the he, said he does dog. not put uh, anything on a girthy dome dog. You gotta put mustard on it. You gotta put mustard on it. No, see, and here's the thing. This is a, I, I think this is a West Coast thing. Byron, I don't know if you agree. I'm a ketchup guy. Just no. some ketchup. No, I can it. go both ways. I'm fine. I'm fine with both. It's, I, when I was whole, a kid, when I was a kid, it was a, ketchup only. 
That's that's see that's the argument, but like it still tastes good. Like it still tastes fine. Nope. Put a plain hot dog. <laughs> Dan's talking about just no. eating a dog in a bun. That's, that's, a, that's it. That's psychopathic. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my wife and him can get together and hang out and eat plain hot dogs. <laughs> like does Dan stare at you while he's eating his plain hot dogs? Is like that still feels that I feel I feel like he has to because for me, like when you eat a banana, to me, like, there's all eye contact or no eye contact. Oh. There's not. There's Bananas no glance. There's Why no glances. You just eat a banana and you look into their souls and you say, Ugh, you're going to watch me eat this banana? Vile. All right. 